In early September, United Way kicked off their 2020 community campaign with a simple theme, the faces of change. It's not one person, it's all of us working together to create lasting change in our community. Some of the faces were familiar, some were new, some raised a hand and asked how they could help, and some simply nodded and generously donated. And some, they were already doing the hard work every single day. From United Way of Greater Milwaukee and Waukesha County, this is Living Local. I'm Dan Herta. During the pandemic, many of United Way's agency partners remained open and offered essential services and supplies to their clients. We saw a need for shelter, a need for food, and a need for a safe environment to protect the most vulnerable in our community. Through the generous donations of so many, our agencies were able to continue their work, but it wasn't without challenges. United Way's Katie Kuhn introduces us to the faces and the voices of change. During this time of reflection, a lot of us are looking back on a year more challenging than any of us could have imagined. It's a cliche, but it's on my mind. When the going gets tough, the tough get going. And no one is tougher, more resilient, and more caring than our agency partners. Annually, United Way provides funding to hundreds of local programs that run the gamut from early childhood education, to disability services, to employment support, to food security. In a normal year, their work is astounding. And this year, when both need and uncertainty were higher than ever, our local nonprofit partners showed us all what it means to serve our community. Today, we hear from a few of these partners as they reflect on the challenges and opportunities this year has presented. We start at the Cathedral Center, a Milwaukee organization that provides shelter and services to women and families while working to end homelessness. Here's Executive Director Donna Ronholt-Megan. We know that during a pandemic, the last place you wanna be is in a congregate living setting. Even though I think my staff are awesome and I think we run a great program, I don't want people to come into this shelter, especially now. I want them to have their own home and I want them to live safely and feel comfortable and not worry about who they're sharing germs with. And so how do I keep people as healthy as possible? When I have bunk beds on the single dorms floor, for the families, they have their own rooms. We can manage through that pretty well. Um, but on the floor where we serve unaccompanied women, it's bunk beds and they're pretty close together. So a solution we found was to purchase uh, protective barriers that are clear, heavy plastic framed um, pieces that go in between beds and we hope will help people feel more secure and then also be more safe and healthy. And when I found out that was gonna cost like six to $7,000 and, and I had to cancel my fundraiser this year, I wasn't really sure what I was gonna do. So I reached out to Nicole and requested some emergency funds to be able to purchase these protective barriers and purchase AEDs for both locations. She said yes, and the money was in the bank and I ordered it and I, we just got our first delivery today. So I'm really excited to put those in place before this cold and flu season really hits us hard. As soon as the pandemic struck, United Way started our COVID-19 Urgent Needs Fund to support the immediate needs of local nonprofits. 
the community responded by donating generously, with funds being deployed as quickly as they came in. Cathedral Center's protective barriers were made possible by donations to this fund, as was personal protective equipment and cleaning supplies for local organizations like Waukesha County Community Dental Clinic. Our mission is to provide a dental home to children, pregnant moms, and adults with special health needs. That's the executive director of the clinic, Renee Ramirez. There are very few dental offices um, that offer dental care to Medicaid patients, so we um, feel it's very important that we are here to serve those in need. Like so many other organizations, businesses in our region, after March 17th, we had to pivot. We didn't want individuals going to the emergency room because that was not a good place for a dental emergency. So we did stay open for dental emergencies from March and through, through the end of May. During that time, we were able to um, adapt to all the new PPE requirements, as well as come up with some really valuable protocols to follow so that we are going to not only maintain the safety of our patients, but also our employees. United Way Urgent Needs funding has helped us secure the um, appropriate PPE that we're using, the face masks, the shields, as well as all the additional garb that we've had to purchase. Um, there's also uh, cleaning supplies that we need to purchase, and what was maybe $10 in January is $30 now. I'm Devin Hudson, Executive Director of the Silver Spring Neighborhood Center. The mission of the Silver Spring Neighborhood Center is to build a safer, stronger neighborhood and community. Silver Spring Neighborhood Center is embedded in the West Lawn neighborhood on Milwaukee's northwest side. Pre-COVID, the center's multitude of programs served infants as young as six weeks old, all the way up to older adults in their 90s. The center is seen as a pillar of the neighborhood, and many people rely on them not only for essential services, but as a place of gathering and community. The toughest thing is now we have to go by the uh, local and federal guidelines, right, of sizes, how many people we can let in. We can only serve so many in our building at one time. And that has been, the youth, the teens have been hardest hit with that, with the regulations and the guidelines and having to turn them away. That's, that's the tough part because we know that we're turning them back out into the neighborhood or back at home where there might not be a lot of supervision. Adapting has been in phases, right, if you will. Um, first coming up with a organization COVID policy because now we're faced with we have to follow state and federal guidelines if we're going to reopen and do it safely. And then the other piece was for me we had to kind of do an assessment of our staff so when school started up, um, there was a high level of anxiety and stress among a lot of staff members. And it was, we're in virtual learning, I have to work, I'm faced with, do I stay home? Do I come to work? What do I do? And so what we did is we tried to accommodate a special place in our building that was for staff's children to come in and have a virtual, a space to do their virtual learning in. And so we, we were able to get some of our opportunity youth to kind of man that area. Again, they can't help the kids with their work, but just to be there to make sure that there's order, that they're being logged in, and that any questions along that line are being taken care of. So we had to help our staff first, right, and to make sure that they were comfortable and that their kids were taken care of. The United Way support has been 
first with the constant check-ins. Right, you have emails from the staff. It's, it's just a simple check-in, not with just needs, but then it's like, here's resources, here's additional um, connections. It's just always, they're always doing a pulse check to make sure that their partner agencies are good. It's been a huge moral thing to know that um, United Way has just been constantly doing a check-in and it's just a simple, we're thinking of you guys, thank you for your work. At Bread of Healing Clinic, a local free medical clinic funded in part by United Way and the Milwaukee Healthcare Partnership, millions of dollars of medication comes through the doors each year to be coordinated and distributed to un- or underinsured individuals at low or no cost. Hundreds of community members also rely on Bread of Healing for medical, dental, and mental health care visiting their clinic located in the basement of Cross Lutheran Church in Milwaukee. My name is Sean Fabre. I'm the operations manager of Bread of Healing. We've, we've actually made a number of changes. We have um, begun to deliver me uh, medications to patients that would otherwise be on the bus or have difficulty with transportation and stuff like that, which has been a great you know, innovation for us in, in terms of being able to provide that, uh, that level of care to people and, and reduce the risk of exposure to COVID. Or some of the other changes would include telehealth services. So we, um, many of our volunteers that were here before were, were chiefly a volunteer-run medical practice and several of our doctors um, were at risk because of their age they were you know retirement age and so they were unable to volunteer with us after the pandemic pandemic started and so uh, telehealth allowed them to continue to serve patients from home um, and that's something that I think we're going to keep in the future because it's just been such a great service as well. Speaking specifically to the deliveries, the funding from United Way has been a game changer for us because that's allowed us to compensate volunteers for their gas money and stuff like that. Um, and uh, without that, I mean, that's who's to say we would have been able to maintain, you know, the volunteer workforce that we've done. I mean, Bread of Healing serves people in like 76 zip codes. Obviously, the, the majority of our patients are in the greater Milwaukee area, but that's a lot of space to cover, I mean, for, for folks to get their medicine. So we'd, we couldn't do what we do without that support. COVID-19 has revealed a lot about the needs of our community. As a new school year loomed with all signs pointing to virtual learning as the safest option for students and teachers, the question of access to technology was raised in a big way. United Way launched our Techquity Initiative to raise dollars and collect donations from corporate partners of gently used technology to help bridge this digital divide. One of the first groups to benefit from tech donations through this initiative were students living in shelter. My name is Tim Bach. I'm the President and Chief Executive Officer here at Pathfinders Milwaukee. Our mission at Pathfinders is to empower youth and change lives. And we serve youth and young adults aged 25 and under experiencing homelessness, housing instability, and trauma associated with uh, abuse, trafficking, exploitation, um, and significant mental health challenges facing a lot of the young people we serve. Well, in typical fashion, uh, United Way didn't wait for us to ask for help. They reached out to us and they said, we're aware of the, the tech divide, the challenge that so many uh, young people and their families are experiencing as learning has by necessity moved virtual. Um, and what about young people who are experiencing homelessness and housing instability? 
um, what do you need in your shelter to ensure that young people, while they're staying safely with you, still have access to the technology, uh, the computers, the, the internet, um, all of the access needs to ensure that, as difficult as it is, they can continue to, to virtually learn um, and be part of MPS's uh, movement to, to a virtual learning. And so we know firsthand what the challenges um, were back in March and we anticipated also similar if not increased challenges this fall as students and families um, were asked to try to pick up Chromebooks and other resources provided by MPS in order to continue their learning virtually. A lot of the youth and families we serve, um, transportation is a significant barrier and to try to pick up um, a laptop or a Chromebook so that they could learn at home um, proved to be a pretty significant challenge and we said we could really use some laptops. Um, we have computers here at our shelter. Um, they don't allow the flexibility for multiple youth in multiple spaces in our shelter um, to engage um, in virtual learning. And so the laptops that United Way provided um, have really proven to be essential in ensuring that youth have continued access uh, to virtual learning and virtual education. My name is Kate Nickel. I'm the Executive Director at Friends Incorporated, and we are the local nonprofit in Washington County that works with survivors of domestic violence and sexual assault, and that of course includes uh, survivors of human trafficking and child abuse. As visible as the needs and challenges of this year have been, there is much more going on behind closed doors. So many of us have spent more time at home this year than ever before, but home is not a safe haven for everyone. Our partner agencies serving victims and survivors of violence and abuse knew safer at home wasn't the case for those in need of their services and did everything they could to support those living with violence and fear while navigating new guidelines around safety. When we think about all of the things that we have, may have been facing in terms of challenges of like decisions and understanding and new stress, and then compounded on someone who already is living in potentially a state of fear, already is being isolated, already is really unsure of next steps or what their resources were. So it really was just a compounded level of, of, of trauma and trying to navigate what usually would be a tremendously difficult situation with now a plethora of new barriers and, and scary unknown situations. So I think as an agency kind of in response to some of those, those fears and those challenges is we really wanted to step up and make sure that survivors in the community knew that we were still here, right? We were deemed as an essential service, so we got on our social media right away and said, even though we're making safe precautions in terms of maybe having some work from home hours and things like that, we are here, right? The hotline is being responded to 24-7 and live. You can access us through, through social media, through the hotline, making sure that survivors knew we're still here, we're listening, and we, we are available to help you kind of navigate what's going to be a next um, best and safe step for you. United Way has been a strong supporter of Friends for many, many years. Uh, when I think about United Way this year, they really stepped up with their support. So from the beginning, they reached out and they asked, what do you need? What can we do, right? They were there to kind of offer support, whether it was financial, so having some adjustments and uh, eligibility with our allocations. It was asking, you know, what do we need in terms of safety, right? So helping us get masks and hand sanitizer and wipes. We, we have always felt able to kind of reach out and, and ask United Way for help or question or clarification, but I think this year, 
they really showed us and then maybe other organizations that hadn't always had that relationship or maybe wasn't comfortable with that vulnerability of asking you know for help or questions that they're there right they are able to kind of find those additional resources they can kind of weed that out and navigate you know here's the best a best connection for you um, and they were there they were there consistently with outreach and support and services and we're, we're tremendously thankful for that because at the end of the day we're all here right we're all here in a united sense trying to help our neighbors our community our family our friends and if we can do it together then then that's all the better Thank you to all of the agency partners who shared their experiences as part of this podcast, and to all of our partners that did such tremendous work this year. As you probably expect, the need for support, particularly financial support, continues. A donation to United Way's Community Fund supports these and hundreds of other local programs that continue to serve individuals and families right here in our community. Visit unitedwaygmwc.org to donate today.